Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, Clint and Angela. And today, we are discussing what it means to be our brother's and sister's keeper. So what do you guys think that is? Um, I think it's important because a lot of people might not rec- recognize that language. Uh, when we say, am, we ask the question, am I my brother's keeper or my sister's keeper? Uh, we're drawing that from Genesis 4 where uh, God approaches Cain after he's murdered his brother and asks uh, where his brother is. Where is Abel? And Cain's response is, am I my brother's keeper? Mm. Um, so it's sort of this idea of, am I responsible for this person? Like, why are you asking me this question? Am I responsible for their well-being? Uh, what service do I owe this mm. person? And so that's kind of what we're coming at this discussion uh, today with mm. that in mind. What do we owe? What service, if any, do we owe um, our blood relatives, right. our friends, church, our church members, uh, or and complete strangers? Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think if you look at that question that he asked in the scripture, "Am I my brother's keeper?" I mean, he already knew the answer as to where his brother was. Mm. So, so the question was more a um, an act of disobedience. It, it was a um, a departure from God. And so he was just coming back with, I love that it's like the first snarky comment that we get in scripture. Um, but, but I, it does ask, I think a bigger, if we're going beyond the literal sense of the scripture, it does ask us a larger question about who we are responsible for and to, uh, both are we responsible to answer for what we've done to God? Mm. And are we responsible for, our brothers and sisters that we're in community with. Yeah. So, yeah, given that we've kind of talked about <clears throat> where this question is coming for us, we recognize that we shouldn't murder people. Right. So uh, I think the question for us is, what is the scope of this keeping that we're discussing? What is the, co- the scope of, you know, is it just for our blood relatives? Um, you know, from, from my perspective, and I, I think you would all agree, uh, that strangers are my neighbors. And I do feel that um, I am responsible in some way for how I treat my neighbor. Because that's really at the root of what this question is, is when we ask, are we our brother's sister's keeper? Are we, um, how are we treating our neighbor. How are we treating those around us? Don't you think it goes beyond treating? If you say treating, that's more on how we behave. Are we, are we nice? Do we do nice <laughs> things for people? Yeah. I think what we're asking is, are we responsible for our, how our neighbors live? Mm. What resources they have access to? Um, See, I hadn't even thought of that. That's good. Have we gone beyond loving our neighbor like the person that we're standing in the grocery store with, or do we love them in a way that if it was my daughter standing in front of me and couldn't pay for her groceries, I wouldn't hesitate to pay for those groceries. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a great, um, and I think that is a broadening of the scope that I certainly want to talk about today. And I certainly want to hear and learn from as well. So, yeah. And and so, when I thought, when I've read this question and, and looked at it uh, in Genesis four, 
the the text that came to mind for me is like, how do we as Christians approach this? Mm-hmm. Is uh, when Jesus has an encounter with a rich young ruler. Uh, the story uh, is in a, in a lot of the Gospels, multiples, but the one I was thinking of is Matthew chapter 19. And the rich young ruler says, who is my neighbor? He's had this encounter with Jesus, and he's gone through, like, I've done all the things that you want me to do, mm-hmm. Jesus. How do Now can I be saved? And Jesus says, you know, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And he asked the question, well, who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And then Jesus goes on to explain everyone. Everyone, everyone is your neighbor. The whole world is your neighbor. Yeah, and you then, may have brothers and sisters in this life, but the whole world is your neighbor. Yeah, and then and, and and we hear that Jesus tells him to go and sell all of his possessions and follow Jesus, and he leaves sad. And the Bible says it because he had a lot of things. Like that's a par- <laughs> that's a paraphrase. I'd be sad too. Yeah, because he had he had many possessions, mm. and so to, to forsake all of those things for the benefit of someone else, mm. and really n- no benefit to us, right? It would not have benefited him. I mean, he would have had the money from selling those things or actually no, because God, Jesus told him to give it away. So he wouldn't have had anything in return. And then now he's going to, then he would go and follow Jesus forsaking all, all of his material possessions for the benefit of those who don't have it. Um, and then, so he asked that question, who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And uh, hoping, like I know I would, that Jesus would have a very specific group of people in mind mm-hmm. and it would be really easy to love those people because mm-hmm. you would know. And Jesus says, no, everyone, those who are really, really hard to love, love them too. And he says elsewhere, you know, do you love those who love you? Congratulations. Even the wicked people do those things. <laughs> um, and so that's, it's really hard. Like I, I know those, I know that. I know the Bible teaches these things. And as a Christian, I strive to uh, uh, adhere my life to what the Bible teaches. But, it's not, I don't always do those things. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't always love my neighbor in that sacrificial sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not always concerned about what I can do, uh, how I should live my life in order to bring someone who's not, who's up, who's down low up to where I, you know, they should be. I think that's a great question for us to ask ourselves. In what ways have we fallen short of um, being our, our neighbor's keeper? That's what I'm going to change it to. Because that's what we're talking about. So in what ways have you guys, and you just kind of touched on it. So Angela, in what way have you fallen short of? uh, (laughs) I'll I'll give you a perfect example of a time, and I'm not proud of this. So uh, in my first house, uh, my husband and I had a neighbor, and he was the best neighbor. I mean, we were young homeowners with young children, and we had never owned our own home. So we were figuring out lawn care and, you know, all of those things. Another one of us had dads that taught us how to do things. So we had to like learn everything that, that we learned. And our, my husband travels a lot for work and our lawnmower broke. So our grass started getting very tall and my neighbor one day, like I came home and he and another neighbor in the neighborhood had just gone in my backyard and fixed my lawnmower. If I had hornets in the tree, the ground cover that surrounded my big tree, they, he would just go in there and take care of them for me. He just did one time I had the flu and it was when we had that big uh, ice storm in 2008 and a huge limb from my oak tree fell on the awning in my backyard. And I had a toddler and a young elementary kid in in the house. I mean, I couldn't move. I was, I was out. And I just heard chainsaw and he's just in, I mean, he was in his seventies. He's back there just chainsawing and taking the limb out. 
Well, as we got a little bit older and I just started paying someone to come take care of my lawn when my husband was traveling because I didn't have time to do it myself. And he didn't like how the the guy did a part of my lawn, <laughs> which I told and I asked him the question and I am not proud of this. Where are our lawn boundaries? Now he had mowed the whole section, his and mine for years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't ask him the question because I wasn't willing to pay to have that part done. Mm -hmm. But the first thing, it was just a wonder. Mm -hmm. But the way he took it was that I wanted to know where it was so I didn't have to pay for his part. Mm -hmm. And I neglected to correct myself Mm -hmm. because it, it caught me so off guard seeing his facial reaction. He never said a word. And he continued to cut that side. Mm-hmm. He just loved us where we were at. And and my poor choice of words, mm-hmm. I know he felt like I didn't appreciate what he did. And I didn't correct it. Um, you touched on something <clears throat> that's really interesting there. Is because it really didn't matter what your intentions were in that moment. It was how he perceived what you said. Yes. And so it that broadens the scope of being our neighbor's keeper even more broader to, we can't just bank on our good intentions, but we really have to meet people where they are. Yes. I think that's the whole kind of scope of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, another specific example comes to mind happened to me yesterday. And uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot I could have done to change the situation because of my schedule at work. But a couple of the, a couple of the uh, ladies at my job came in and said, Hey, we're leaving. But the person who's closing in this department um, walks to work and, and home. And they told me where he lived, and it's not a short – it's like a two-hour walk for this guy. Mm. And I'm knowing that it's 40 degrees outside. Mm. and uh, But also knowing that I wasn't going to leave the store until 9 o'clock. And this guy was probably going to leave at 8 and start walking home. And I said, you know, well, I'm not going to be able to – do that. Or I, and I actually said, well, that's in the opposite direction that I'm going. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. And they, so they, they, I said, I said, maybe we can, you know, give him some money for an Uber or something like that. But I'm like, man, we, I work in central, which means nothing to anybody working in, I mean, listening to this podcast, but it's not a place with Uber drivers are just lining up, <laughs> you know, to bring you places. And if they were, they were to come from Baton Rouge to this suburb, it would cost a lot of money but all it would have cost me was time. And I'm sure if I told this person, Hey, look, man, hang out for an hour. Right. You don't have to walk through 40 degree weather. It'll take me 15 minutes to drive you home. Mm. Um, yeah. And I thought as soon as they walked off from the request, I thought, first of all, why did they come ask me? They knew I was closing, mm-hmm. but lots of people are, are going to be in the store when it closes. And also I thought of the, the uh, passage in Matthew five, where Jesus says, if someone uh, asks you to walk with them, mm. walk the extra mile. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. And so I was just super convicted. And yeah. so, I, I, you know, I'm, I made a point. Like, next time I see this person, mm. I'll say, look, man, if I'm ever here when you get off and you need somebody to bring you home, come find me, you know. Um, I'll do my best to get you, you know, even if I can't say I can't bring you all the way home. I can at least bring you where it's not a two-hour walk. Maybe it's only 30 mm. minutes. Um, because of time constraints. And I use every excuse in the book. I'm going to be, I'm here later than them. I have to go get my kids from school. And I, and I, I found that in thinking about that in light of what we were talking about today, mm. 
um, that is just a terrible um, living out of this principle. I believe what I should, this is what I should do, mm-hmm. but I don't always do it. Yeah. You know, and if I'm honest, I do it less often than I, than I practice it. Right. What I think is so cool about this podcast though, is you would probably never tell that story to anybody, but because we're talking about this topic, we're, we're creating opportunities for each of us to grow. And so, you know, there's no reason to feel guilt or shame for not doing it, but there's a, there is a next right thing you can do now. Yeah, that, having this conversation. That's exactly right. And that's the thing is I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up over the missed mm-hmm. opportunity last night. Because um, there's more. Yeah, because, and you live, you because, live with the, yeah. not live with the guy, but you yeah. live amongst the guy. So by God's grace, there will be another opportunity to yeah. serve. Um, and it may not be him. It may be someone else. And that example will be in my mind, not to bring me shame, right. but to remind me of God's goodness to me mm. and encourage me, hopefully, to show that same grace and mercy to someone else. And that's so good. And that's what we want to do today. We want to be our neighbor's keeper. We want to uh, look for opportunities to serve our neighbor uh, and in so doing, serve our God. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.